Chapter 62 The darkness of Jennifer's surroundings seemed to close in on her, pressing against her skin like damp linen. She stood in front of the same bonfire where Nicholas had threatened to strangle the very life from her body. The fire burned low. The orange flames crackled, popping an occasional spark into the air. A dark figure was approaching from the distance. Her fear rose quickly, choking off any ability for rational thought. Her muscles nodded, preparing to flee. As the figure stepped into the light, she could see the white of the collar beneath the black suit, and the face that smiled above was Nicholas. A face not decayed and hideous as before, but more handsome than she had even remembered. He ceased his approach to stand at arm's reach in front of her. I am so happy to see you again, he confessed. I realize things have been confusing. I assure you that I can explain everything that you've witnessed. I'm sorry that my uncle has tormented you so, but I promise he won't bother you again. I see that you've come dressed as a priest this time, Jennifer commented. I never meant to mislead you. Yes, in my lifetime I was a priest, but I was also a man. And from the moment that I saw you, that man wanted to be free. Free to love and enjoy all the pleasures with which God has gifted you. I've witnessed much of the world, but no sight has ever moved me more than the sight of you. You are God's work at its finest. You're not real, Nicholas. Don't say that. I made you up to help me cope with the loss of my son. No, you're wrong. I came to help pull you from the depression that threatened your life. I, I can provide you with solace and salvation. Salvation found only in the arms of a man who truly loves you. Is that why I purchased all those wonderful gifts for myself? Is that why I took myself to a fancy restaurant? I'm in no condition to simply walk into a store and make a purchase. Nicholas spread his arms from his body. I'm a ghost, remember? One that only exists in the world within your dreams. I cannot manipulate objects in the material world. I needed you to do that for me. I guided you to those items. I meant those gifts most sincerely. No, Nicholas, you're my imagination at its best and its most bizarre. Jennifer studied his features. I must admit, my work is rather impressive. You're a gorgeous creation. A painting, perhaps, that I could never otherwise put on canvas, but not real. If you shun me now, I can no longer help you, and you'll never know the truth about Arlen. What do you know about my son? I know the cause and effect to stole your son's life. I tried to warn you, but you failed to listen to me. I don't know what you're talking about. Do you remember your nightmare? The one that took place inside the store where you worked, the dream during which you first laid eyes on me? Yes, but I still don't understand. I didn't want to be the one to tell you this, but you caused your son's death. That's a lie. I wasn't even home. He was with Sean. You sinned against your son, Jennifer. It was your greed that took you away from him that day. That's a stretch. I guess dying comes in somewhere beneath the importance of work for you. Go to hell. Your son died because of your neglect. Because you were too lethargic to stop it. And the answer was right in front of you that morning. Jennifer eyed Nicholas with suspicion. But don't take my word for it. Why don't you see for yourself? Jennifer was blinded by a brilliant flash of white as she tried desperately to shield her eyes. She lowered her hands slowly, blinking in an attempt to refocus. Her sight was cleared peripherally, working toward the center of her vision until at last she found herself standing in a hallway outside of her bathroom. She could hear the distant sound of voices coming from the kitchen on the first floor. The smell of coffee and French toast sweetened the air. She recognized Arlen's voice and turned to advance toward the staircase, but a sudden jolt thrust her body forward. She could feel something pressing in on her from behind, pushing right through her. Her body recoiled as the object moved out through her chest and into the bathroom. She could now see that it was a healthier and more robust version of herself. 
The robust Jennifer was dressed in a silky midnight blue gown as she stared at herself in the bathroom mirror, admiring the body that she worked so hard to maintain. She then became enamored by the sight of a copper-colored glass sphere that rested on the edge of the sink, the weight of which depressed the towel on which it rested. Robust Jennifer then wrapped herself in a robe and moved towards the door. Before she could step out of the way of herself, the robust Jennifer was once again moving through her body. The experience was nearly painful, pulling back through her until it felt as though her spine would be pulled from her back, and then abruptly another brilliant flash of white. As her eyes cleared, she found herself once again standing in her hallway facing the entrance to her bathroom. This time her eyes focused on something she had not expected. Arlen was seated in the bathtub playing with his action figures. Oh, my baby. Jennifer managed as she stepped gingerly inside the bathroom to stand within the doorframe. Tears streamed down from Jennifer's eyes as she had finally achieved her goal. She had been reunited with her son. She stared at the angelic face that had provided her world with such warmth and happiness. Tiny droplets of water hung from his long eyelashes, making his eyes appear an even brighter shade of blue. His round, jovial face concentrated on the figures as he submerged them under the bathwater. His tiny body once again glowed with the life that she held so precious. He abruptly lifted his head and stared directly at her. She stepped back, stunned by his sudden awareness. She stammered, Harlan? He sat poised for a moment in silence as he gazed at her, through her. Dad? Harlan called out. He raised one of his action figures to his sight, staring at it momentarily. I bet you're a seraph, he whispered. Jennifer began to turn to view the surroundings behind her when once again her body was jolted forward as something passed through her. This one felt different. It was painful and yet joyous at the same time. Her mind could only equate it to the feeling of giving birth to her son. As the object moved out of her, she could see that it was Sean. He towered over Arlen, standing in exasperation with his hand on his hips. Stooge, have you washed up yet? Sean barked. I washed my hair, the tiny boy responded. Well, come on, Arlen, we're running out of time, Sean grumbled. We have to get to your dentist appointment. We can't be late. Sorry, Arlen said quietly. What have you been doing all this time? Jennifer could see the anger on Sean's face. I don't know, Arlen said. I hate it when you screw around like this. Where's the soap? Sean snapped at the child as he stepped toward the tub. His feet suddenly slipped out from under him, sending him crashing to the floor. Sean's face became intensified with fury. His body trembled as he growled in pain, grasping at his knee. How many times have I told you about getting water all over the floor? Don't you hurt him, you son of a bitch. Jennifer snapped as she swung her hand to slap Sean upon the back. Her hand passed through Sean, disappearing until her follow-through brought her away from his body. The ring of the doorbell halted both of their actions. Wash up quickly, Sean snapped. I want to get out of here in 15 minutes. Let's go downstairs and see who's at the door. Sean stood and spun on his heels, passing through Jennifer once again, a sensation to which she was nearly growing accustomed. She watched as Sean disappeared down the staircase behind her, then she returned to Arlen as he sat in the tub staring at the action figure of Queen Amidala. I love you, Mommy, he gently whispered as he placed his lips upon the figure in a kiss. Jennifer sobbed. Mommy loves you too, baby. Arlen washed his upper body, never bothering to clean anything below his waist. It was a typical unaided Arlen bath. He reached behind him and haphazardly gripped the towel that rested on the edge of the sink. Time slowed to a crawl as Jennifer's gaze moved to the towel, watching as the heavy glass ball shifted on top. No, baby, no, she attempted to shout, but her words drifted from her lips in a hollow echo. Arlen yanked at the towel and the sphere sprung free from its nesting, flinging through the air. It hung in space like the bubbles within its own glass, spinning, descending. Jennifer watched in hopeless disbelief as the air pockets within the sphere spun within its confines. The sphere dropped down toward the tub with malice intent, finding its mark on the back of Arlen's head. His head bolted forward by the force of the blow as the sphere ricocheted off. 
flying from the area surrounding the tub to quietly bounce again on a throw rug on the floor. Aided by the pitch of the old floor, the sphere rolled between Jennifer's legs. Jennifer turned her head in time to see it disappear through the slightly open door of the linen closet on the other side of the hallway. She turned her head back to the sight of Arlen, face down in the water. She reached out to pull him free when the brilliant flash of white light blinded her vision. She awoke on the floor of her hallway, tears stained her cheek as she lifted herself onto her elbows. She could now feel the weight of gravity as it held her frail body to the floor. It was only a nightmare, a painful twist of her unconscious imagination. She pulled herself up on her knees and stared into the bathroom. The tub was empty. She turned her head toward the linen closet to see that the door was firmly shut. She released a long sigh. Her imagination had pulled a horrid trick on her, yet she had to erase any lingering doubt. She reached up slowly and turned the knob on the closet door. The door sprung free and obediently swung open to her gentle tug. The interior of the linen closet had three shelves. The bottom two were stacked with towels and washcloths, while the top shelf supported the weight of various cleaning products. A large wicker laundry basket had been tucked under the bottom shelf. Jennifer reached in slowly and pushed the basket to the side to see the wall behind it. Her heart thumped and her blood chilled as her gaze fell upon the copper sphere which was lodged in the corner of the back of the closet. With one shaking hand, she reached out and lifted the sphere from its resting place. She raised it to her eyes, searching the circumference. Her eyes stopped when she saw a few matted hairs stuck to the sphere by a nickel-sized smear of a dark substance. Jennifer swallowed hard and tried to stand, but the wobble of her legs wouldn't allow it. Her stomach turned with anguish and anger. Her mind could not lock itself into any thought as flood of activity shook the foundation of her sanity. The vision was real, and the scathing words that Nicholas spoke rang true. Her failure to retrieve the sphere when she saw it had brought about a deadly result. Her son was gone, and the very thing which tore him from this life now rested on the tips of her fingers, the sphere with which she had allowed him to play, the sphere that was not a toy. Not a ball with a rubber core, but a solid chunk of copper-colored glass as large as her fist. Jennifer's confusion turned to rage as she spun on her heels and hurled the object at the bathroom mirror. The sphere struck the mirror, shattering it into hundreds of glass shards. The sphere bounced back, unscathed, while broken pieces of mirror sprayed out from the sink and sprinkled the floor in front of it. Jennifer's hands reached for her head, each gripping a fistful of her knotted hair. Her forehead dropped to rest on her knees as she released a violent scream. The scream turned to a deep-throated growl and then finally into retching sobs. She had found her answer to the lingering doubt surrounding the events of Arlen's death. The gut feeling that had been gnawing at her insides for months had come into focus amidst an eerie light. Sean had been pulled away from Arlen that morning by circumstance, but she had been overly passive to an unforeseen danger that ultimately took her son's life, and that brought a pain that rushed through her blood and jabbed at her from every point. She dropped to her stomach and crawled into the bathroom, picking up the largest shard of mirror glass from the floor. Her grip caused her palm to be sliced, something as she should have felt but did not. Her blood squeezed through her fingers as she moved her hand to the other arm and placed a large edge of glass to her wrist. She swallowed hard. She could no longer live with the pain that burned so hollow in her soul. The months of desperation and loneliness had taken a grave toll. She was frightened but longed for release. In the back of her mind, a memory flashed. A distant memory, faded by many years, that separated it from her consciousness, faded by a shroud that her mind had pulled over the incident to protect her from the pain. Vision of blood that flowed from her wrist and stained the sheets beneath it. Perhaps she had done this before, but her mind had blocked out the memory? A flood of emotions roared through her. Her hand shook as it pushed the shard down until it depressed the skin beneath. A small trickle of blood ran down her arm. She struggled with herself to finish the cut. No. Carol's voice reverberated in her mind like the memory of a past conversation. The sound of the voice never reached Jennifer's ears. This is not the answer. 
Carol moved inside of Jennifer's mind to take control of her arm. The tug of war between life and death raged for what seemed an eternity, till at last fear decided the outcome. Jennifer dropped the shard of glass and pulled herself to her feet. She staggered into her bedroom and fell onto the bed. The room about her appeared to be spinning and darkness descended upon her. She fought against the encroachment until she wondered why she was fighting at all. After what she had just discovered, unconsciousness would be a pleasant relief.